Welcome to 30 Minutes on 91.3 KXCI Tucson. I'm Amanda Schager. Today on 30 Minutes, remarks from Amy Goodman's talk at the Leo Rich Theater. On April 28, 2016, Democracy Now!'s Amy Goodman returned to Tucson for a talk and book signing. Goodman's talk was a benefit for KXCI Community Radio. During this 2016 election season, Democracy Now!'s Amy Goodman and David Goodman and Dennis Moynihan are on a North American speaking tour to mark the 20th anniversary of the daily independent global TV news hour with a new book titled Democracy Now!, 20 Years Covering the Movements Changing America. In 1996, acclaimed independent journalist and best-selling author Amy Goodman began hosting a show on Pacifica Radio called Democracy Now!, to cover the 1996 election. KXCI first began broadcasting Democracy Now! in October 1998. Democracy Now! currently airs weekdays at noon. First up, we'll hear from KXCI Executive Director Kathy Rivers, followed by Membership Director Michelle Boulay-Stevenson, and yours truly. Amy Goodman's co-author and tour manager Dennis Moynihan speaks about how he first began to work with Democracy Now! and what keeps him motivated today. Finally, we'll hear opening remarks from Amy Goodman. This is part one of a multi-part series. Welcome, everyone, and thank you so much for coming. My name is Kathy Rivers. I'm the executive director at KXCI Community Radio Station, and we're thrilled to have you here tonight. We've had an incredible year and a half at KXCI. We've had a lot of changes, a lot of growth, and there's a lot of excitement to come that we'll be sharing with you in the future. You may have heard that we've partnered with Brink Media and Wave Lab Studios and are going to be taking over Channel 12 and Channel 20. Thank you. We're really excited about that. When the RFP first went out, I went to the mayor and said, you know, is this something that KXCI should do? Is this something that I should do? And he looked at me and he said, you've been executive director for three months. Hell no. Partner with somebody, learn and grow, and we'll see where things go in the future. So we're really excited to partner with Brink and WaveLab, who both have experience in television, and it's a very exciting time for us. If you have any questions about that, please feel free to call me or email me. My email is kathy at kxci.org, and that's Kathy with a C. I'd love to talk with you about it. It's it's really an exciting thing, and my, my dream for the future is that we truly have a community media center where uh, young people can learn how to podcast and create videos and share their stories and share their voices and, and do it on scholarships and do it for free and have the opportunity to really express themselves because we're losing those opportunities in our school systems. So it's something that I hope to grow someday here in town. That's my goal. So I'm always available if you need me. I'd like to introduce Michelle Boulay-Stevenson, our membership director. Hello, and thank you, everybody, for coming out. Your participation in this community makes these kinds of events possible. Amy Goodman is a treasure, not just for Tucson, but for the entire media literate world. And so she really helps us become more media literate. Your support for great community radio makes conversations like this possible. We could not do it without you. And we are proud to bring 240 amazing hours of intelligent, intellectual conversation 
from Amy Goodman and independent media sources like Democracy Now. So big round of applause for everybody who supports independent media, KXCI Community Radio, and Democracy Now. And you can always support your community radio with a generous donation at kxci.org. Thank you so much. And this is the amazing Amanda Schauger. There's not too much to add after that. Getting to work at KXCI is a dream come true. And being inspired to be able to produce 30 minutes each week and be able to meet some of the great people in our community from school children to activists to leaders is really amazing. And every once in a while, someone from out of town comes, someone like Amy Goodman and Dennis Moynihan, and helps to create that inspiration for me and that inspiration for you. You all rose to the challenge really quickly to find your tickets and support KXCI through your ticket price, and we appreciate that. Democracy Now!, one of the few programs that isn't a local program, actually, but it's a trickle-up journalism, as I've heard Amy say, from the localities all over the country and all over the world, and that's a way for us to share that information with each other. So we do appreciate your support when we have membership drives, when we have events, and it's a way that you get to vote during this very important election year. So thank you so much for coming and enjoy the show. Uh, one last thing I do want to say is Duncan Hudson, our music director, our incredible music director is here. I think I see him in the very back there. Uh, so I want to thank all of our staff. Duncan, I also want to thank our volunteers who are here tonight. And again, thank you so much. Enjoy the evening. Hello, I'm Dennis Moynihan with Democracy Now! And I'm, now please hold your applause. Come on in, grab a seat. Thanks to everyone for coming out tonight supporting KXCI. And I'm just so happy that we have a partner, a broadcast partner here in Tucson. Of all the stations, all the towns that we travel to on this tour, I speak for Amy as well, myself certainly. We always like coming to Tucson. It's uh, just got a lot of great memories, important part of our news coverage. Uh, you guys here are uh, this kind of progressive bastion oasis in the desert, <laughs> reminding people through our coverage and your own work that you know, not all of Arizona is crazy. Crazy in a good way. How about that? So we've been traveling for, I think, I mean, if you, maybe about three weeks now, what uh, Amy describes as a 100-city tour. I think we set it up initially the first kind of seven weeks. We're probably knocking out about 80 events in different cities. And then we're going to shift gears and allow Amy a little time at home and also doing some more events on the East Coast, which actually is a lot easier. We produce the show every weekday live at 8 a.m. Eastern Time, which in the Pacific time zone is at 5 a.m. We spent some time in the mountains where I live in Denver. We produce the show at 6 a.m. And then in the special place, Arizona, where there's... I don't know if I figured that out when I was setting up the schedule, but we're back at 5 a.m. tomorrow morning, as we were this morning in Flagstaff. It's, I think, a worthy use of our energy, and it really enhances the, the character of our coverage to be in communities, to speak to all the people working so hard. There's so many activists and organizers 
newsmakers who come out to these events. It's really a great benefit to us as news gatherers, as journalists. This is the 20th anniversary of Democracy Now! that we're celebrating with this tour. As I said, we're producing the show from the road, and the practice of doing live broadcast is not something that's taught, really, in this country, anywhere. It's something you learn by doing. I certainly can say I've learned a lot by working with Democracy Now! for 16 years. But our first live, full, remote television production with Democracy Now! was done right here in Tucson. I'm not sure how many people remember that. We were traveling, and we were invited to to do an event here in Tucson, and we brought an enormous part of our crew out and broadcast live from Access Tucson. That was a historic moment for us. It took weeks, if not months, of preparation and planning, and, and now we've got it down, so we kind of just roll into town and stumble into a studio at 3 in the morning and pull it together. But it is with fond memories that I reflect on our broadcast from Access Tucson and am disappointed you know, that political forces and shifting priorities have impacted that organization adversely. And I just learned, and Amy and I were very happy to hear, that KXCI is going to be assuming some of the responsibilities to provide locally generated and locally curated public access, public television. It's a very important resource, and as Kathy said, it's a great opportunity for people to actually make media, and that's all too important. So thanks to uh, KXCI for taking that on. As we travel, you know, we're doing uh, benefits for stations like KXCI, and you know, sustaining community media is part of what we aspire to do at Democracy Now!, in addition to producing news without advertising or any of the large corporate underwriters that you hear on many of the so-called non-commercial programs. Just to give you a little background, Democracy Now! launched on February 19, 1996, as the only election news program, daily election news program in public broadcasting. And I was fortunate to hear it that summer for the first time. I had a job as a caretaker on a private island off the coast of Maine. It was uh, the island owned by the family of Buckminster Fuller. He, at that time, was no longer alive, but his domes were still standing. And it was a very bucolic and isolated job. It was one of the lowest-paying jobs I've had, and I've had a lot. But I was six miles off the coast. I commuted in a sea kayak to get groceries and would go about three miles to another island where, if I needed a payphone. Uh, so very detached and uh, had that radio connection. WERU, KXCI's sister station in Blue Hill, Maine, broadcast Democracy Now! every weekday, and it was a real resource for me to have access to news from the outside world as I was uh, listening to the seals bark and, and whatever else I did. So that was my introduction to the show. I had a personal connection with the crew as an organizer of the direct action in Seattle in 1999, challenging the World Trade Organization. I fell into a working group. You know, there were lots of great working groups, banner hangs and blockades and, you know, decorating Teamsters like turtles and all kinds of great things. But I, I joined the small working group that was seemed as kind of a, uh, an act of futility. It was the media working group where we were going to try to present the arguments and the rationale and the context of the protest to the media. And the corporate media we anticipated would do a very 
cursory, trivial, and, and, and derogatory job covering the protests. But we were going to do it anyway. We we're going to provide them with press releases, press conferences, expert speakers to try to explain to them why thousands of people were opposing the WTO's form of corporate-led globalization. So we tried, and they, in fact, they did a dismal job covering the protests. But in the midst of that, we saw as well a, a, a kind of a, a efflorescence of community-based, citizen-based journalism. A website was launched called IndieMedia.org, and we worked out of the Indie Media Center. That was its debut, but it grew into a global phenomenon, persists to this day, and it was really web-based kind of participatory journalism saw its birth at the Seattle WTO protest. But there was also a core group of very talented, smart journalists doing great work there, and that's among them I met Amy Goodman, Jeremy Scahill, Juan Gonzalez, it was encouraging and inspiring. A few months later, a year later, I found myself in New York City organizing a march on behalf of Leonard Peltier, the imprisoned American Indian activist and now political prisoner for, since 1975. Peltier was seeking executive clemency from Bill Clinton at the time. And as most people in this room know, Clinton granted clemency to political donors and, and cronies of his half-brother, but not to Peltier. So he remains in prison to this day. But after that campaign, which was, it was an intense multi-year campaign, the very talented organizers of, of his that were based in Lawrence, Kansas, were seeking a break. They were really burnt out. So I went out to Lawrence, Kansas for six months to help keep the Leonard Peltier Defense Committee office open. In that capacity, I spoke to him every morning on the phone as we kind of talked strategy and plans and met with him in, the, in Leavenworth Federal Prison every week. But on those morning phone calls, they came in almost at the 8 o'clock in the morning on the dot, and that was after they had a so-called wreck hour in the yard before being forced to work for one of the low-wage, slave-wage prison labor operations. Leonard was working in the Unicor furniture factory at the time. So the uh, phone calls would come in, and the first thing Leonard Peltier would talk with me about was what he had just listened to on Democracy Now! Uh, community radio station KKFI in Kansas City, which broadcasts at 100,000 watts in the heartland, reaches that federal prison, reaches the U.S. Army prison, which is where Chelsea Manning is now being uh, locked up. It reaches, actually, Leavenworth, if you've been there, it's a really... It's hard to make Kansas any worse than you might think it is, but they, Leavenworth manages, it's got an army base, the Briggs, the county jail. Anyway, so that access to information, I mean, imagine the warden at Leavenworth would restrict the size of the radios to a, the smallest available battery-operated transistor radio, and just imagine uh, Leonard and six or eight big guys surrounding this tiny radio for an hour listening intently. And the access to that show as they told me, as he told me, you know, informed their discussions, uh, you know, assisted them in their connection to the outer world, to their worldview, their conversations, their, their ability to further their own projects and, and expand their opportunities and also to just avoid the, the monotony that is imposed on them in that prison environment. So it was just a reminder to me that you know, the work of Democracy Now! and the work of community radio stations in particular and uh, grassroots TV operations as well is extremely important and worthy of our support. That point when I started working with Democracy Now! was reiterated when a sister station that we'll be doing a benefit for in a few days, 
WRFG, Radio Free Georgia in, in Atlanta, contacted us because they had gotten a, a donation during their pledge drive they thought was worth noting. It was $65 donation, but it was from 13 individuals, 13 prisoners from the U.S. Federal Penitentiary in Atlanta, which is a really uh, you know, equally grim place. It's very violent, uh, you know, very oppressive prison. You know, that radio station serves that population, and they wanted to thank the station with that donation. So we were, again, just very inspired. You know, it was, uh, it was about the same time that the second President Bush was wreaking this horrible violence on Baghdad with what they called shock and awe. And we got a, a communication from a sister station in Australia. Wonderful network of very funky community radio stations in Australia. You should stream them online sometimes just to hear their accents. And, but uh, this is the Sydney station. is called Radio Skid Row. And during shock and awe, yes, and it's a great station, uh, they said, we wanted to forward this listener comment to you. They wrote to us and said, how is it that the poorest station in Sydney is providing the best coverage of the war? And, of course, it isn't to fetishize lack of funding. It's to point out that the overly funded corporate networks are absolute abject failures, uh, and they do a horrible job. I don't think one of the audience members will mind me saying this. One of the people who survived the Safeway shooting here is here tonight, and he was interviewed by all of the regular cast of commercial corporate networks, and then subsequently on Democracy Now! But he told us tonight, I just learned outside, that when he was about to go on with CBS... They told him not to talk politics. Don't talk about politics after having suffered that horrible, horrible injury and that horrible experience to actually censor someone to fit with whatever bizarre or corrupt political agenda that they had, that they do have. And we're now in a political season where these networks are going to rake in hundreds of millions, billions of dollars in what's called advertising, but it really is highly produced political advertising that is intended solely to confuse, disrupt, and suppress the vote. They are legally uh, empowered to take that money. They don't have to tell us who contributed the funds to generate those hundreds of millions. And so it's a really corrupt system. It just highlights, again, the value that an outlet like KXCI provides. Uh, So thank you for that. The last anecdote, if I could share with you, is that we got an email before heading out on this crazy tour from an administrator of a prison system in the United Kingdom in England. This guy runs a bunch of educational programs in in a series of prisons and wrote to us a year ago saying, do you mind if I download the video version of Democracy Now! every day and put it on our system, our TV system? And we're like, without hesitation, we granted them full rights to do that. And they did. And so a year after that, airing started. They wrote us back just recently and said, you know, we're very pleased with the program. More importantly, the prisoners are pleased with it. They uh, have resoundedly uh, endorsed it. You know, they survey their prison population and they said that the program is directly responsible. The quality of the content and the level of engagement that it inspires in its viewers Uh, with a 50% increase in participation in the elective educational offerings there at the prison. So it's a nice tribute to the work. 
So, you know, that's part of what inspires me at Democracy Now!, the amazing team that I'm privileged to work with. It's just remarkable. I can't say enough. And it's at the core of the work we do are the supportive audience members, and so many of them live here in Tucson. So really, give yourselves a round of applause, and thank you for supporting KXCI. Uh, needless to say, among those coworkers who inspire me is our next speaker, and I want to hand the mic now over to a dear friend and colleague and co-author of this book, and we'll be signing books later with your uh, independent local bookstore, Antigone's outside, so do stop by. Whether or not you have a book, We'll be out there until they push us out of the building. So with that, here is Amy Goodman. You're listening to remarks made at the Tucson stop of Democracy Now!'s 100 Cities Speaking Tour in conjunction with the 20th anniversary of the program and their new book titled Democracy Now!, 20 Years Covering the Movements Changing America. Hello, hello. Maybe we could bring down the house lights a little bit so I could see you. There's this great, great privilege I have to be able to actually see folks because in the TV studio in New York, I don't get to see any of you. And virtual community is great, but there's nothing like coming out on the road. So anyway, welcome to the Tucson Unconventional Center. Oh, there are actually people here in the audience. That's absolutely beautiful. Hello, everyone. I first want to thank my colleague, co-author, co-columnist on a weekly column we do um, called Breaking the Sound Barrier for newspapers and websites around the country. Without Dennis and my brother, journalist David Goodman, this book would surely never have been written. And without Davis, our friend who's here with us today, we surely wouldn't have gotten to Tucson. And without our senior producer, Mike Burke, we wouldn't have a show tomorrow. We're in the midst of doing a, oh, I'm just trying not to cough. So that's why, otherwise I would not be sitting here with Ricola. But I do have to tell you a funny story about this. You know, we're on this 100 City Tour, which I totally blame on my co-author, Dennis Moynihan, who is an astounding tour guide and tour manager. And before I say that, I also want to say thank you so much to KXCI for being there through thick and thin, your community radio station right here in Tucson. And the fact, as Kathy described, that it is expanding to television is so incredibly inspiring because these days everything is multimedia. It's not so much the platform, it's reaching out to people where they are. And the fact that you will be working with young and old and everyone in between, uh, making your own media, that is where it's out. There is so much need here. Now, we've been on this crazy tour. It started April 6th in Ithaca College. That's a very interesting place because the students, POC at IC, they were called, people of color at Ithaca College, organized, were outraged by a series of racist incidents. They said they didn't feel confidence in the administration and how they dealt with them. And soon, the president, Tom Roshan, announced he was resigning, which is what they were calling for, among other issues. We then moved on to The Ohio State University on April 8th. They've added the the in Columbus, Ohio. And the next day, we flew in the morning to St. Louis, 
an afternoon event at Mizzou at the University of Missouri and an evening in Kansas City before we went on the next day to the Los Angeles Times Books Festival and a big event at the University of California, Santa Barbara, supporting their community radio station, their college station, KCSB, and then went on to San Francisco to the big city arts and lectures event at night, on to Stanford University the next day, and to Santa Cruz, the Rio Theater, which has a crying room so that um, mothers can take their infants and the babies can cry all they want. There's glass, but they can still watch the movies, or that's how it was in the olden days. Then we headed on back to Los Angeles to celebrate our second Pacifica station, KPFK, and then on to the Bill Maher Show, which was very interesting. I don't know how many of you got to see that. Very, very interesting. I was on with Susan Sarandon and Ariana Huffington, among others. And, you know, Ariana is now the sleep guru. She's put out a book called The Sleep Revolution. I admire and remember what it feels like to do that. And I'm really looking forward to taking a very long nap in June. The Bill Maher show was fascinating, but our tour guide could not get enough of being out, meeting people, talking about Democracy Now!, the book, 20 years of covering the movements, changing America. So right after the Bill Maher show, he usually has a party for his guests and other folks come in, but no... We certainly couldn't stay there because we had an event at 10 o'clock at night uh, at the local Barnes & Noble, which is in an old movie theater. And I thought, okay, we're going to get there. This And this is crazy. The bookstore closes by then. The place was packed, and it was so touching. People who deeply appreciated Pacifica Radio and Democracy Now! And then we moved on to, oh, the next day, I think it was, we flew up to Santa Rosa and then to Willits and then to Redway, California. And this brings me to my Ricola, because I have a tendency to occasionally cough along the way. And in the midst of the talk, I got one of those coughing attacks. Now, Redway is a fascinating place. You know, we also moved on to Colorado, and I'll talk all about that. But Colorado is a state where marijuana is legal, is really legal. And now, California, it isn't exactly... But in Northern California, I mean, I come from New York. I don't even know what to make of this. It is almost the entire economy. And people used to hide it a little more, but now it's very much accepted. And so if you come up to someone, you know, at a big event and you say, what do you do? I'm a local businessman in town. And, oh, really, what do you do? Uh, you know, I sell get cannabis and I grow cannabis. And on the radio, the stations are saying, you know, if you'd like a can of sleeve uh, when you need to, just go, whoa. And then someone says, I said, what do you do? I'm a manicurist. Oh, at a local salon in town. What? She says. I said, you're a salon. Yes, salon in town. You're a manicurist? What do you mean? I clip buds. I said, oh. It's another world. So I'm up on the podium like this. I start to cough, and everyone is throwing up right Mercolas, which I very much appreciated. And I opened one of them just like this. But it didn't look like the Ricola that I was used to. It's been a fascinating trip, but I want to go back. I shouldn't say trip. I should say journey or something like that. But I want to go back to Mizzou, to the University of Missouri after Ithaca. This is a very interesting place. We write all about Mizzou in our introduction. University of Missouri, the students started to organize, particularly the Black Lives Matter activists, because of a series of racist incidents. The most recent was 
oh, someone had smeared their feces in the image of a swastika on a dorm door. There were cotton balls thrown at another dorm. The student president was called the N-word, and they did not appreciate how the administration and the president was dealing with this. They demanded his resignation, Tim Wolf. And then a young student, uh, Jonathan Butler, African-American, went on a hunger strike and said this is what he was striking for. And then the black football players tweeted out their support for him, standing in solidarity, football players. This is the fulcrum of power at the university. I mean, no kidding. And as soon as they did this, to the shock of many of the activists, the white athletes, the white football players with their white coach joined in solidarity with them. Now, at this point, it was clearly over for the president. Why? Because that is the center of power. They said they would not play ball with the administration, right? They would not play another game unless the president left and the university would lose a million dollars for every game they would not play. The coach at the University of Missouri makes eight times what the college president makes. So the president then announced his resignation. We'll have to leave it there. You've been listening to remarks made at the Tucson stop of Democracy Now!'s 100 City Speaking Tour in conjunction with the 20th anniversary of the program and their new book titled Democracy Now!, 20 Years Covering the Movements Changing America. Speakers today included co-authors Dennis Moynihan and Amy Goodman. This is part one of a multi-part series and will continue with more of Amy Goodman's talk in future episodes. Thank you for listening to 30 Minutes on 91.3 KXCI Tucson.